The great joke in Jerzy Kaczynski's novel, Being There, is that the main character, Chance Gardner, is not speaking in metaphors. He's actually a gardener, and the garden is all he has ever known in his life. Despite this, none of the people he meets can figure this out. Top financiers, elegant socialites, journalists, and the President of the United States, 201, think that his talk about growth and plants is a poetic way of talking about whatever is on their mind. Specifically, chance is taken to be some sort of genius, predicting the recovery of the dismal economy. The brilliance of this joke, of course, is that chance's simple nature is never realized precisely because his assertions about nature work so perfectly as metaphor. Many of us forget that nature and society are one, says the president, astounded at the gardener's supposed wisdom. Indeed, this is true. We, you see, are part of a great and interdependent web of existence. The institutions we build, including this congregation, are also part of that web. We are not separable from the strands in that web. We follow the same patterns evident throughout it in every part of our being. And so we understand the requirements for growth of all sorts, personal growth as well as institutional growth. We understand those requirements by looking to nature, to the growth that we see happening all around us as the earth turns once again and spring comes over our part of the planet. There will be growth, indeed, when the roots are deep and healthy, when care is taken to prune and trim responsibly, when pre we provide adequate nutrients and water, when we are surrounded by warmth. Each summer, the Fellowship's Board of Trustees and I spend a day together planning strategy and vision for the coming year. Two years ago, we asked Doug Zielinski, our district's consultant for leadership development, to facilitate our day. In the process of that day, the topic turned, as it often does, to congregational growth. By that time, it was clear that this congregation was once again in a season of growth. After a period of turmoil and winter, spring had come to Mount Kisco. Families with children were coming in the door. New people were signing our book. We had just had a stewardship campaign successful enough to hire a professional religious educator for the first time in years. Spring was here, growth was here, and so was the anxiety that comes with growth. Anxiety that the things that make this fellowship special might change. Anxiety that growth might mean not knowing everyone else in this community as well as we do now. Anxiety that people might lose connections that were built slowly over generations. In the midst of recognizing that anxiety, Doug let us know that our choice was not to grow or not to grow. The choice, he said, was whether or not we were serious about making real the mission of our congregation. 
If we were, he said, growth was a natural consequence, and we had better be smart in how we planned it. So were we, Doug asked us, serious about our congregation's mission? The mission of our fellowship? We print it weekly on the front of our order of service. It's there. I invite you to look at it. Yet how often do we stop and read it? Let's do that now. This is the mission of our fellowship. We are committed to building and sustaining a supportive Unitarian Universalist community, promoting personal, religious, and spiritual growth, nurturing and nurturing our common search for truth and meaning. We create and pass on traditions of joy and celebration. We embrace diversity, encouraging love, acceptance, and understanding. We provide service to those in need inside and outside our community. And together, we are committed to sharing these values with our children. Yes, we said to Doug, we are committed to all of those things. We are committed to nurturing our spirits. We are committed to celebration and to love. We are committed to acceptance and our community, to healing our world, to sharing our values with our children. Yeah, we're, we're serious about all of that then we'd better plan for growth, he said. We had better understand that in the garden of our fellowship, there is plenty of room for new trees and new flowers of all kinds. Far from being overcrowded or choked with weeds, the garden of this congregation has fertile soil, strong roots, and plenty of room for those yet to come. And there would be growth in the spring the board took the challenge, beginning to make the plans that form the basis of this year's annual financial stewardship campaign, in which we have been asked to imagine things that support sustainable growth. Sustainable growth is an interesting concept. It means much more than sustaining the numerical growth in the fellowship's membership. Sustainable growth means addressing all of the ways a congregation grows. Lauren Mead, an Episcopal priest who is known for his work helping religious communities develop and sustain healthy practices, identifies four ways in which congregations grow. And I think that all four of these ways are equally applicable to personal growth. He calls them maturational growth, organic growth, incarnational growth, and numerical growth. I'll explain them all. Our campaign for sustainable growth addresses them all. Maturational growth is the personal growth of each member and friend of our fellowship. It entails growing deeper and stronger connections with each other, with our Unitarian Universalist faith movement, with our own spiritual journeys. Maturational growth is sustained by programs that help us develop, by continuing to strengthen religious education programs for our children, by preparing for another coming of age group to explore their own faith, by supporting our youth in their spiritual exploration, and of course, by expanding the number and types of ongoing groups and classes we offer adults. Maturational growth is also sustained by building ways in which we can nurture one another. Neighborhood circles, for example, 
and other ways that we connect to one another. Sustaining maturational growth is the institutional equivalent of fertilizing, adding spiritual nutrients to the soil to nourish our faith development. Organic growth is the growth of the institutional parts of our fellowship, the growth in complexity and function that comes with being a deeper and larger congregation. Sustainable organic growth requires leadership and infrastructure. Organic growth is sustained by investing in our building, from the heating system to the kitchen. All of these things are addressed in what we hope to do in the coming year. It's also sustained by investing in staff and in leadership development among our lay volunteers. We can do that, too. Some of us envision the day when we will hire administrative staff to help in our office. Some, myself included, hope that our fellowship's understanding of itself can grow to a place where we see ourselves as a teaching congregation for future ministers in our movement. The person I hope to bring on as an intern minister next year would bring to us expertise in leadership development and a desire to work in the areas of social action and religious education, key institutional areas of need. This is sustainable organic growth. Organic growth is the equivalent of pruning and trimming and dividing in the garden, doing the structural things that make new shoots of growth possible. When we expand our understanding of our responsibility to and connection with the community outside our doors, we are experiencing incarnational growth. We grow incarnationally when we live our values in the world, when we put our principles into action, when we stand on the side of love. Incarnational growth is sustained by understanding our roots to be deep and strong in this community in northern Westchester. By doing things that help those roots grow and develop, it is watering and aerating and tilling the soil. We seek to live our values in the world by making this fellowship more environmentally sustainable, by lowering our carbon footprint, using sustainable materials in our building, beginning the work towards becoming a green sanctuary. This is sustainable incarnational growth. We develop and nurture our roots in the community by supporting the institutions that make our society more just and equitable. We seek to sustain incarnational growth by institutionalizing our commitment to the interfaith food pantry, by making our fellowship a center for justice work in Northern Westchester. Already, two members of our congregation have formed organizations working on environmental and social sustainability. This is incarnational growth. Certainly numerical growth is part of the equation. In the last three years, the adult membership of this congregation has increased by one-third, from 99 to 132. The number of children and youth in our fellowship has more than tripled, from 20 to an astounding 68. In order to sustain the numerical growth in our fellowship, we must both attract new people and also retain the people we have. A new sign out on the street would sure help people find us 
And I think the natural warmth of the people in our community will make them feel at home. To retain the people we have, we come full circle in our look at growth. Maturational, organic, and incarnational growth all have the side effects of deepening connections between and among the members and friends of our fellowship. The deeper our connections to and our commitment to one another, the more we get out of being here, the more likely we are to want to be here with one another. Numerical growth also requires us to take hospitality seriously as a practice of our faith, to know and to proclaim, to live the fact that all are welcome here, no matter what divisions separate us in our world outside these doors. Numerical growth means making room for new plants in our garden. It might mean expanding our planting beds or learning to garden a little more intensively. It might mean rearranging where some of the things are currently planted. But most of all, it requires us to understand that there is room for these new plants. There is no scarcity here. In a garden, growth has its season. After the long, cold winter comes the spring, a time for longer days, a time for clocks that leap forward, a time for warmer air and melting snows, a time for rain and mud, for tiny green shoots working their way up through the leaf mold, a time for tiny purple crocuses, and soon blazing yellow forsythia. We forget at our peril that nature and society are one, that growth can always happen when the conditions are right for it. We learn from the garden that when the roots are strong, when the soil is fertile, when the air is warm, growth in all of its splendor will be the result. May we each know this growth in our lives, in our relationships, and in our community. Blessed be.